0: Good morning, everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 7.30. And, of course, that's time for the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy. First up, we have to welcome back into the studio Craig Wilson from Gentiana Nursery. Morning, Craig. Morning,
1: Pam. Morning, listeners. Nice to be back in here again. This fabulous spring morning. Oh,
0: what a wonderful spring we were saying before the show. It's
1: just lush, isn't it? It's
0: just superb, yes. Everything's leaping out of the ground.
1: That's right. And and like I was saying to you, I really don't know why, because there's nothing sort of extraordinary that happened in the lead up. We haven't had any sort of different events or different rainfalls or...
0: Well, we were actually very dry there for a long while. I don't know whether that's made any difference. Then we finally got some rain.
1: July was dry. July was very dry. Yep, yep.
0: So who knows? Yeah,
1: but certainly if anyone wants to come up to the hills, it's just spectacular. Oh, I bet it is. Yeah, mm. the, uh, the rhododendrons and azaleas are beyond belief. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, I was up there recently and the queue up of cars to get into the rhododendron gardens was amazing. I think
1: it was Wednesday morning. I think they had 450 people at Good 10, 10 o'clock. Good Waiting heavens. for them to open the gates.
2: 450 people waiting to yeah. get in. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah.
0: We have to say a very good morning, to James Beatty. Good morning, sorry, sorry, James. For,
2: sorry for butting in there, but I was just, I was astounded by 450 people yeah. waiting. For well, the it
3: is, of it, it yeah, is, it's
2: great. Yeah. Mm.
0: Because I mean, for a little while there, the Roto Gardens were almost a thing forgotten, weren't they? That's they right. went through a, a very doldrum stage. They and, did. Um,
1: Yeah, as did the Rhododendron Society, but <coughs> both both have had a resurgence. Yep. Mm. So it's really good. Oh, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, James, how are you finding spring? I'm finding it
2: okay. It's definitely putting on a bit of a show, but um, we spent a couple of months away overseas, and we got back kind of early October. And one thing that one thing that struck me as soon as I as soon as I basically got out of the airport in Melbourne was that we didn't really have much rain in the two months that we were away because yes. a lot of stuff was looking quite dry. So right. so despite the despite the kind of creeping dryness, um, um, the plants are doing quite well for mm. for mm. you know a, a, a relatively dry spring. Um, But, you know, that's just testament to the the fabulous nature of plants and that's why we love them. Absolutely.
0: um, (laughs) (laughs) Where are you up to with with your own garden? Because you've been doing quite a bit over the last, what, two years?
2: Yeah, it's looking looking really, really good this year. Um, The front garden especially um, has really come together um, plant-wise and design-wise this year. So... It's basically just a little bit of weeding around the edges at the moment um and just watching it all unfold and flower and look fabulous and and it's kind of a it's kind of a it, it's a garden that I planted out to look good at this time of year and throughout um the rest of spring and summer and then it kind of reaches its zenith in autumn so okay um i've got got quite a mix of perennials in the front um and and it's looking good at the moment but um a lot of people walk past a an new and are, and I think, well, we'll just wait till autumn and it'll look even better. <laughs> <laughs> so you got
1: spring spring flowering perennials. I've
2: got I've got a few I've got a few little highlights just to give me a yeah. bit of umph at this time of year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but uh, but the, the main show is kind of late summer autumn. So yeah. I'm, I'm still it's kind my of favourite time of yeah, year. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. When yeah. it when it cools down and you start to get a little bit of rain and that kind of stuff. Oh look, I really think autumn
0: in Melbourne is the it's, best it's just time. So
2: beautiful and Isn't stable. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. No, it's pretty, great. I, I always think of predictable, like stable. Yeah, stable is the right. word you just used, but I always yeah. think I love I love that predictability of yeah. autumn because yep. it's always you know no long days, long twilight, um, you know a little bit of rain, not too hot. So yep. um, that that really that, that last late flush that a lot of plants have that that flower at that time of year. It's mm-hmm. really
1: Well, if you like growing Easter daisies and
2: salvias and things, it's just spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So have you finished all the major projects in the garden?
2: The, the only one left the only one left is um and it was kind of a it was kind of a make it up as you go project i guess but um, but doing all the landscaping in the in the in the backyard i I dug up a, a absolute ton of broken red bricks because you know the ghosts of gardeners passed i guess right. <laughs> but there were so many of them that there's that there 's a lot of them kind of stockpiled on on the you know in a little corner of the backyard, and my partner and I were both looking at it, and I said. What are we going to do with these? You know, if we, if we were going to go and piff them at the tip, then it's going to cost us a fortune. And what are we going to do? And we came up with the idea to um, relay all the broken brick as a as a, um, a low wall slash bench seat. Okay. Across one end of the of the backyard, um, behind which we're going to plant a couple of. Um, Ornamental pairs that we're going to pleach into into a bit of a screen to give us a bit of privacy because we've got a right of way access at the back of our oh, place. Oh, right, okay. Um, and I can't garden naked in the summer at the moment, <laughs> no, so
4: you can't. I, I definitely
2: need some <laughs> definitely need some screening there before I can get that underway. Um, and I was talking to a friend about this yesterday, and she said. Why you know why would you why would you plant something deciduous because then then you're going to get the sun in the in the garden you're going to get you, you know people are going to be able to see through it in the winter time and I said well I'm not going to I'm not going to be gardening naked in the winter you're you yeah. crazy no way so yeah. you
0: want some sunshine getting into the garden <laughs> right. in Absolutely, winter well the, that's deciduous
2: right deciduous are, are the best they're yeah. wonderful it was yeah. one, it was one of those conversations between a gardener and a non-gardener yeah uh, it like, shows well, well, why, <laughs> would, why would you yeah. want to be deciduous in winter well well yeah right <laughs> so we're we're about to we're about to um, we've 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 both uh both Michael and I, my partner, have um put aside Melbourne Cup Day weekend to Build this wall, basically. Okay. So I don't know, yeah. we're, we're channeling Donald Trump or something, I guess. <laughs> um, but it'll it'll look good. It'll look yeah. it'll look really nice, and it'll 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 be. A and fun, I think it's great fun, that you're
0: reusing the bricks too. Well, Absolutely. that's that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah,
2: rather than just chuck them out. You oh know? Yeah, it's yes. Like, well, they they belong to the they belong to the garden in the sense I've dug them out of the bloody ground. Well, it's, it's so they a bit of well history stay. there. Well, yeah. I think so as yeah. well. Yeah. And they're all the old kind of Clifton bricks as well Oh, that you yeah. So they're really yeah. nice red hues. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna kinda play around with the colour of the mortar that we use to put them all together and
0: nice. Uh, yeah.
2: So yeah. sort of brick crazy paving essentially yeah yeah, yeah. it's gonna be great it's going to be it's great fun. I can't wait yeah it's yeah. gonna be hard graft but um yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get Michael kind of working the working the um cement mixer and say, <laughs> well I've got to lay the bricks and concentrate on this so you can do all the heavy work <laughs> but at the
0: end of the project you've got somewhere else to sit
2: yeah that's right Perfect. that's right and it'll look it'll look great I'm confident that it's going to really kind of tie all the different areas of the backyard yeah. together so
0: sounds good yeah
2: it's fun it's fun but almost there almost there my citrus wow. went in the ground as well yeah um uh, uh, just this week because it's just warming up you know really good time to be planting citrus at the moment okay. um and 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 they're looking they're looking really good they're looking they're looking great and one of the things we we did a story when i was working for the abc about um about planting citrus and we went to visit ian tolly in south australia oh, yes. he lives in renmark he's <clears throat> he's kind of like australia's foremost citrus guru he's absolutely fabulous but one of his bits of planting advice, which was something that i 'd never come across anywhere reading about before, was that when you buy a citrus tree and before you put it in the ground, wash all of the potting mix off the roots Okay. because you get a really good look at the root system right um, and you 're able to prune out any errant circling roots that are there because yeah. Yeah. that first couple of years of establishment for citrus is really, really important yeah. um, but you know you, you think it might be a bit heavy handed to go and wash all the potting mix off the roots but mm. I went and did it with putting in these couple of trees that we're gonna we're gonna prune into a hedge in our backyard. So we've got a little bit of limited space, so we wanna we wanna keep them quite tight. Um but I'm glad that I did it because when I took them out of the pot, they didn't look root bound in the sense that the roots that were hitting the side of the pot, um, you know, they weren't circling or yeah. anything They're like woody. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked it looked they both looked okay. It was a lemon and a lime. Yeah. And they both they both didn't look root bound in any way, shape, or form. But once I washed all the potting mix off the roots of the plants, there were clearly two massive circling roots on each of them. And okay. If, and if you were to, if you were to put both of those in the ground, then a few years down the track, they might potentially turn into girdling <clears throat> roots that are going to really you know set your set your fruit production back and all that yep. kind of stuff. Yep. And getting to the stage where you, where you know. Prune them out really early on, so you're not, you know, you're totally going to avoid those problems. So you cut them, did you? Absolutely, just cut them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. and his and and Ian Tolly's advice was like, just give him a bit of tough love, basically. Don't be afraid yeah. to get in there and.
1: Yeah, of course, root yeah. pruning is something that's never frightened me.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's a good habit, but it's I guess it's one thing that, that new gardeners especially are a little bit are a little bit very nervous about doing, about.
0: doing it. people yes.
1: really differentiate between the top of the tree and the underneath. <laughs> yeah. And it's really just the same process. Exactly yes. right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I
2: I totally agree with you Craig. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, there you go.
0: Oh Wow. All right, we're going to get to some community announcements Uh, First up, as I mentioned last week There are three gardens open for Open Gardens Victoria this weekend Uh, Well, the weekend's half gone, but they're open today Um, Frog Hill is down at 270 Bogan's Lane in Freshwater Creek Uh, All these gardens are open 10am to 4.30pm today The Elms, which is at 38 Dudley Road, Wonga Park and uh, Orvieto. Now, um, Craig, you know something about Orvieto. Yeah, John,
1: John Finlay is one of those people who has been a customer since I first opened the gates and sort of become a friend over the years. <laughs> and um, when, he, when he walks in the gate, the first thing he does is go to the dwarf conifers and the next thing he does is go to the grasses and the next thing he does is go to the maples. So it's not a flowering garden. Okay. Yeah, it's very much about structure and texture. Mm. Right. And he, he's a very discerning shopper.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah,
1: there's no impulse buying with John. Okay. And um, it's on a west-facing steep slope in Lilydale, so hard, hard rocky soil. mm um, and he has just dragged countless bags of stable manure around that place. Mm. I wouldn't even begin to imagine how much stable manure he's used. Right. And he grows an astonishing array of plants. It's a beautiful garden.
0: Has he attempted to terrace it at all? To right little, the slope. It's a little bit
1: terraced. Yep. 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 You'd have to. Yes, that's what be able I'm to thinking. Move on it. Yeah. Yes, mm. yeah, but and you want to
0: catch that water too.
1: It's one of those gardens that really reflects an individual. Okay, so there's no sort of style yeah. that you could say that he's copied. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's well worth a look.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Well, the that address. That sounds great. The address yeah. of Orvieto is 37A Summit Road, there in Lilydale. As I mentioned, it's open ten till four thirty today. Um, so there you go. Highly recommended. Highly
2: recommended. Yeah. All the best gardens, I reckon, always reflect the personality of the owner. That's and, right. And yeah. that sounds like that spot on, that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And he's
1: also yeah. built a, a very unique house on it. Yeah, right, uh, okay. A, I would Wonderful. say it's a cool house. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go, I think. On the, on the yeah, back it's worth those. a look. Yeah, yeah. yeah right.
0: All nice. right. Now, if, if people are, are heading to the Dandenongs today, Fernie Creek Horticultural Society have got their... Um, their show on today. It opened yesterday, but it's running again today. Uh, It's at 100 Hilton Road in Sassafras. Um, It's open 10 o'clock this morning, running through until 4 o'clock this afternoon. There'll be lots of late spring flowers, including rhododendrons, $5 entry and parking in the grounds. There's disabled parking as well. There'll be garden walks, there'll be plant stalls, um, lunch and afternoon teas and a sausage sizzle, plenty of cut flowers to purchase if you want the same, and I'm sure the gardens are looking absolutely superb up there at the moment. So that's all happening today as well, 10 o'clock until 4 o'clock today. Yes, it's
1: a very unsubtle show at this time of year. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's another garden I love to visit during absolutely. the
1: autumn. Absolutely, yeah. yes. oh, And also to their, for their sales table. Oh, I right. Mean, my predecessor is their propagator. Ah, She's very good at it. Okay. Ah. Yeah. Right.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Don't tell Virginia. She will have gone yesterday, I'm sure, to grab all the best bits. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that brings me to uh, the gardens that are opening for Open Gardens Victoria for next weekend. The first one is Ard Ruda. Um Ard Ruda is a classic piece of Mount Macedon garden history now this is opening uh, next weekend, as I mentioned, Saturday fourth, Sunday, the fifth of November, 10 through till 4:30. Now this is uh, originally designed by Baron Ferdinand von Mueller in the 1870s. It's recognised by the National Trust as a garden of historical significance. It's been beautifully maintained. Uh, Many of the original plants are still highlights of the garden, including a copper beech that's over 30 metres tall and an enormous linden tree. Uh, It's a six-acre garden. It had quite humble beginnings as part of an apple orchard and was named by the first owner, who was uh, prominent industrialist William McGregor using the Gaelic words for high promontory. So there you go. That's where the name comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, spring is a highlight because uh, there's large garden beds around the front of the house, full of colour, uh, with massed peonies, tulips and other bulbs, all looking uh, overlooking a large uh, circular uh, lawn there. Uh, different garden features reflect the passions of past owners. There's a sunken Italianate walled garden with a reflection pond, Um, there's uh, grass tennis court was built at the turn of the century and apparently has been played on by quite a few prime ministers and other distinguished guests and there's a woodland uh, garden as well that you can meander through with giant oaks and sycamores and a carpet of bluebells in spring so sounds absolutely gorgeous right. tennis
2: court played on prime ministers but would probably better lend itself to be turned into another,
0: another area garden of the gun, yes <laughs> <laughs> anyway ard uh, the address for ard ruder is 49 devonshire lane in mount Macedon. 10 o'clock till 4.30 on both days. Now, the cost is $10 entry, children under 18 free, students $5 and there will be Devonshire teas available. Now, the other two gardens opening uh, next weekend are Mariba and Candlebark. Now, these are both very different gardens, but they're within an easy 10-minute drive of each other. Uh, Mariba is a garden of... Uh, exotic and Australian trees, many dating back to the late 1940s, Um, uh, lots and lots of, uh, as I say, sequoia, red gum, Mexican pines, um, maples, elms, birches, cedars, uh, yellow box, uh, mahogany gums, melaleucas, goodness me. But uh, it's not just about trees. Roses feature throughout the garden beds. There is a dry garden, a woodland garden, and uh, a vegetable garden and orchard are beginning to take shape. Uh, the other garden is candlebark. Now, this uh, takes its name from the giant candlebark candle gum that grew on the property 30 years ago. Uh, seed was collected from the original, and that's now been grown into many mature candlebarks on the property. Mm. It's a two-hectare garden. It's a mix of exotics and neighbours, natives, I should say. Um, <laughs> A cottage-style <laughs> garden uh, close to the house, with uh, many drought-tolerant plantings of natives. Uh, there's a kitchen garden, and uh, <clears throat> a major expansion in 2012 saw three spon- ponds constructed uh, below the main dam and a lovely curving boardwalk that now extends across the dam to an arboretum. So uh, both of those are totally worthwhile seeing as well. The addresses for those two, Mariba is at 1 Creeds Road in Murrindindi which is near Ye. Candlebark is at 179 Langs Road, Limestone, again near Ye. As I said, they're only 10 minutes' drive from each other. Again, both open 10am to 4.30 on both Saturday and Sunday of next weekend. Cost for these two is $8 for each garden. Children under 18, students $5. At Mareeba, there'll be morning and afternoon teas available. And at Candlebark... As well as the morning and afternoon teas, there'll be an exhibition of artist Peter Hook's rustic sculptures and also plant sales. Now, as is uh, usual, uh, with the very kind permission of Open Gardens Victoria, we're offering uh, one double pass to each of those gardens. That's Ard, Ruder, Mariba and Candlebark. One double pass uh, to the first three people who phone in. That number to ring is 911. Four one nine zero one double five. That's nine four one nine zero one double five to get that free double pass. Uh, just a few I should mention that are coming up in November. Firstly, uh, Maribyrnong Orchid Society have got uh, an orchid show coming up, uh, the November the eleventh and twelfth. Um, now this takes place Saturday nine till four, Sunday nine till four again and it's at the Maribyrnong Community Centre, which is in Randall Street in Maribyrnong there. Uh, Also coming up on the 10th and the 11th, it's going to be a busy weekend, uh, the 46th Annual Leangatha Rose Spectacular. This takes place in the Memorial Hall in Leangatha. Admission $5, children free, large cut flower section, display from Morwell Rose Garden, display of miniature roses and fifth annual feature rose so uh, for more details uh, on that one you can go to their website which is uh spring spring is South Gippsland, all one word, .com. so springisouthgippsland.com or you can phone Josie her number is 56573292 that's 56573292 and uh, <clears throat> two more coming up that I have to mention for that weekend end. Uh, the 2017 National Rose Show and Australian Rose Championships is on uh, on both the Saturday and the Sunday, uh, 1 till 5:30 on Saturday and 10 till 4:30 on Sunday. Venue is Waverley Community Centre, corner of Stevenson's Road and Miller Crescent in Mount Waverley. Uh, entry fee there is adults $5 concession $4 children under 12 free website for that one is rosesocietyvic.org.au and uh just uh finally there's also going to be a big garden fiesta uh being held at Peppertree place pepper tree place is um on the corner of uh, Sydney Road and Bell Street. Now, as I say, this is coming up, this is on Saturday only, Saturday the 11th of November, 10 till 4. It's going to be featuring live music and entertainment all day, gardening and sustainable lifestyle workshops, pepper tree pop-up cafe and nursery, heaps of summer seedlings, herbs and other plants, nature play, children activities and spaces to explore, Garden fresh food, coffee and tea and treats. If you'd like more information, you can phone 84010196. That's 84010196. Okay, well, it's more than time. We opened up our talkback lines. If you'd like to join us this morning, do Give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. We have Craig Wilson in the studio from Gentiana Nursery, James Beattie um, also in the studio. That number is 94190155. Craig, you brought in a whole tray again of wonderful bits and pieces bits from and your pieces. garden. This a bit of a rush job
1: this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I bought in a few silvers because you know there's such a profusion of pink at this time of the year. That it really needs to be softened down. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think silver is the perfect thing to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a few, so a few little ones. This, this, look. There was a few years ago. There was a whole raft of erodiums on the market,
4: mm-hmm.
1: um, closely related to geraniums, and I've never been successful with any of them in the garden mm-hmm. in the long term, except this one, okay. which is erodium chrysantha. and it's actually a really beautiful. Um, I suppose it's a perennial. It has a woody base. Right. With finely cut silver foliage and cream flowers in summer. Mm. Right. Yeah. Gets up to about mm, 15, 20 centimetres. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful plant. It's made big patches in my rock garden. Mm, And it's one of those plants that once you have it in the garden, you can break pieces off and spread it around. Mm. Right. Yeah.
0: And I presume fairly drought tolerant because of the silver foliage.
1: Well I don't water it. You don't I, water it, you know, so on that's fine. Top, on top, well, it's the dandinong, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, true, but, yeah, true. But it's on top of a rocky bank. Yes. So, yeah. So it
0: would probably do very well in Melbourne gardens as well.
2: Oh, I've sold it to customers in Melbourne. I yes. I know that they can grow it. And it okay. definitely grows. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. Yes. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. A beautiful foliage on it. I love I love it it reminds me almost of like a uh, like an anthemus or something like that, but that's with right. tighter foliage. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. very soft. Mm. Yeah
1: and, and yeah. Unlike um, members of that family. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Lovely. Beautiful. Another one, um Tanacetum amani, Which again is it's a small tanacetum, that's normally they're quite big, mm-hmm. with beautiful finely cut foliage. And it's one of those flowers, uh, plants that you cut it back when it starts to flower. Okay. Because it has those dreadful sort of murky yellow flowers. <laughs> yeah, right, right. P- pretty <laughs> much associated with the genus, really. You just give
2: it a hack back at Give it a stage. hack back, yeah. yeah good yeah,
1: stuff. A quick one and it comes away and gives you, and I have great mats of it in the rock garden to soften off all the uh, the loud colours of spring.
0: But what an amazing <clears> colour <throat> that, that that foliage is.
1: It's very intense. It is. It's yeah. incredible. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And again, just a low one, probably 20
2: centimetres. Right. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of Acacia Bayliana, the the, yeah. the foliage yep. on Acacia Bayliana. Yep. Yep. It, looks, it looks not dissimilar to that. That's um, right. So it's more of a ground cover? I it's guess. a ground cover. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah mm. nice. Yeah. Beautiful. I always con- get concerned by the term
1: ground cover because, you know, if you're in a helicopter, mountain ash a ground cover. <laughs> 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 very much depends on your perspective. It does, I mean, very much yeah. depends on your perspective. It's like it's like rare. You know, I'd never ever say my nursery's rare plants because some people walk in and just look at it and dismiss it as all completely common. And other people are gasp, gasping at the rarity of it dear.
2: Rare is just a euphemism for special, I think. Uh, that's, that's definitely the, the, the way gardeners use it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> it's not difficult to be rare these days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. This one.
1: Artemisia canessens. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is fantastic plant. It's like wire netting. Okay. Mm. Yeah. It's herbaceous, so it goes down in the winter. Yes. And it's extremely tough. It's kind of unhappy in the dandelions, really. Yep. right. It's not really its territory. Yeah, Right. Better off in central Victoria where they get you know, yeah, a bit of okay. dry and some yes. hard mm, frost on mm. it. Mm. Yes. Yeah, but a terrific uh, – I would have thought for edging roses it would be perfect. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Does it have a smell to the foliage like some of the other Artemisia? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: it's pungent.
0: It's pungent, is it?
2: Yeah. Gorgeous.
0: Oh, gosh, it certainly is. Yeah. Mm.
2: Lovely, lovely. It'd be hallucinating after inhaling it for a little bit too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. Yeah. Such
1: a diverse genus, isn't it, it? Oh, Yeah, they are. 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 Some of them actually want quite a lot of water. Mm.
0: Some of them aren't my most favourite plants, I have to... (laughs) <laughs> no,
1: I couldn't. Couldn't agree more. I, I,
0: I really can't cope with with the perfume of some of them. Mm. I find it just really too, too overpowering. Much. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. But this one, this one's fine. I yeah. don't have the same problem.
1: It's very early in the season. Yeah, maybe it by will late get summer, more intense. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but look, I love grey foliage in the garden. I think so, it's so it's do I. Oh, it's yes. Essential, really. Oh, it yeah. is. Yeah. You got it. It's, it's, it's yeah. kind of an essential element. Oh, yeah, totally agree. Totally And
1: yeah, it's the same with red foliage. I like both.
2: Mm. Yeah, we're just in the process of painting the exterior of our house, and we've gone for a mixture of greys, like yep. light greys and dark greys for the highlights yep. and things. Okay. We we're in a California bungalow. Yep. And yep. I was saying to Michael the other day, "Geez, I'm going to have to get more grey in the front garden so it all kind of matches in together." And he was just rolling his all eyes burgundy. at me, going, "Or burgundy, yeah, yeah, yeah. barbarous." Because right, our house is right. grey as well. Yes. What we found with the
1: grey is it's really difficult to find a grey without blue in it.
2: Yeah, we we actually suffered long over deciding what grey we were going to go right. because we didn't want it to turn blue once Same. it went. On yes. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't want our house to look like a beach
1: box. No, <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. No, that's right.
2: <laughs> so the only burgundy I've got in the front garden at the moment is um is I've got uh, Dalia, bishop of landau and um Eucomus. So they're they kind of they kind of the only things burgundy in the front that talk to each other. Okay. Um, so yeah. well, there so you go, some burgundy foliage. In. Yeah. Mm, bring, yeah. Get some Berberus
1: Helm Pillar.
2: Yep. Yeah. Nice, nice. I'm gonna have to write this down. Yeah. <laughs> <Commentations here.
0: laughs> Fantastic. What else have you got there? Oh Kai? look
2: here's
1: a here's a combination of said things. Grey and pink. This is one of the helianthemums which are so underrated and mm. underused, mm. and they used to be quite common. And they're that I'm constantly harping on about how they look. Ter- things look terrible in pots, and right. these ones really do. Yes, thin and miserable. <laughs> yes, but get them in the garden, and they're terrific. Mm. And I can't propagate enough of this one. It just walks out the door when it's in flower, so it's, it's, it's gorgeous flower and and gorgeous foliage. Mm. Yes. So you you know when it's finished flowering, you take to it with the shears, yep. and you've got nice silver foliage for okay. the rest of the year. Yeah, lots really of cuttings a nice as little well. plant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's taken me a while to figure out the cuttings, but it's oh, it's okay. a late late summer job, right? When I'd right. normally not propagate mm-hmm. to get a hundred percent strike. Wow. Yeah. yeah, just all about getting your timing right, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's propagating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, helianthems would have a reputation as being really easy, but for some reason, this one, the most popular one, has mm. caused me a little bit of grief. Okay. But I've resolved it. Yep. It looks um,
2: like it would be really tough and resilient as well with
1: Well, that. it predates me in the garden. Yeah, We've right. been there nearly 20 years. So yeah, okay. I don't know when Lois planted it, Okay, it would have been a long time ago. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it'd be a metre and a half by a metre and a half. Yeah. It's a really yeah. nice soft pink as well, the flower. Very pretty pink. Mm. Yes, it yeah, is. Really yeah. nice. And and the grey foliage just sets it's it off It's a perfect combination. It really that's is. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Excellent. That's the Helianthemums, and there's a vast array of them. I stock a few, but... Not, not, not nearly the full range. Okay. There's also some really nice orange ones. All right. I'm a bit partial to orange too. Mm. Yeah. Gorgeous. Beautiful. Closely related.
2: To the the cistus, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. I've brought in this little cistus from my front garden, and one of the reasons I brought it in was because it's it's just as far as a beneficial insect attractor in my garden, it's completely unmatched. Um, despite the fact that the flowers themselves only last a day, you know, as they do as they do with all the rock roses, but the stamens
1: are full of pollen. Well, like absolutely,
2: yeah. yeah. So, so I I was out there yesterday morning, having my coffee at about nine thirty, ten o'clock in the morning, and there were two species of native bee, as well as a, a huge amount of honeybees. I had a couple of um drone flies as well and okay. and just dozens and dozens of hoverflies as well mm. and they they I've got two of them on either side of the path that I've you know clipped roughly into kind of ball shapes and this time of year they're just covered in flowers every single day okay. and and the beneficial insects absolutely love them and lots of little spiders and things like to build their nests um around the plant yep. and a lot of a lot of small, more hunting spiders um, uh-huh. will actually sit inside the flower and wait uh-huh. for the pollinators to turn up, and then bang—they're <laughs> <you know, laughs> in there. Yeah, it's gotcha. also an extraordinary
1: colour for it's not it's bright, a cystus. It's not—it's bright colour that it, I would have imagined. It's kind of bright pink, but it's got a bit of blue in it's it as got well. Blue in it. Yeah. Definitely
2: got blue. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think one of my favourite things about it is well, the the, the the petals on the flower look like an unironed shirt, and I'm like, that's that's totally right up my alley. You know, <laughs> you definitely belong in my garden and in my <laughs> life if that's how you're going to look. <laughs> I like that, it's but, a but easy I love color it. to fit in, yeah, it is yeah. absolutely. So I've yeah. I've got it underplanted with. Um, with the uh, geranium shepherd's warning uh-huh. which which actually it actually kinda of highlights the the flowers. Um what
1: colour is Shepherd's warning?
2: Shepherd's warning is like a is like a really bright pink.
1: Yeah. It's uh, a is it? It is,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and and it's it's absolutely gorgeous. Um and I've I've also got a a cultivar of tall bearded iris around it, which is I've been waiting for the last three or four days for them to open, and they've been threatening. But I think I think the cold nights have really been really been making them take their time, and I've been getting yeah. very impatient with them. I was
0: just saying to Craig, <laughs> mine have all burst into flowers. Yeah, it's just right. Stunning at the moment. Everybody's yeah.
2: excited about their bearded iris.
0: Yes, yeah. no, <laughs> it's yeah. best really year ever. Turning
2: it on. Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm, they are for some reason. Yeah. 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 Last year, yeah. I got I got maybe half a dozen flowers, but each each little rhizome was put up half a dozen stems and they're covered in in you know. And they're tall. And they're really, really tall. They're yeah. looking really, really good. Yeah. But the one that I've got is um it's called uh oh the name of it is going to escape me now that I'm trying to think of it. Um, um Oh it it it'll come to me, but they've got they've got um they've got highlights of um pink and um, purple and a slight brown as well uh-huh. in them. So uh-huh. when they flower next to the cistus, they actually look really, really good. Yeah. Um, Noble Port is the name of the iris. Okay, okay. You've actually
1: got a name on it. Yeah, mine all have the same name, <laughs> <laughs> pinched from
2: a friend's garden.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Best way to go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, That's
0: iris, isn't it? Oh yes, <laughs> mine all came from my mother's garden. Yep. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Um We're going first up to. Um, um, our good friend, Robert, who's in Phillip Island. Morning, Robert.
3: Uh, hello. How are, you, how are you all going? We're really well. Thank moment. you. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful morning down here. We've had a little bit of rain over the last few weeks, mm. so it's freshened things up a lot. Oh, good. Yeah, and the garden's looking good, and the pigeons have settled down, and the hawks have settled down. All right. They're all getting on well together now. So,
4: <laughs> Very, everybody. very good.
3: Excellent. Yeah, I tell you what, they're lovely to watch. Uh, like a morning like this to let the pigeons out and up against the blue sky with, mm-hmm. with, with all the colours, you know, doing their circle in the in the air. They might stay up for an hour.
1: Right. You've got homing pigeons, have you?
3: Yes, Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Uh, races. But yeah. I, I was lucky to have a friend who breeds a lot for colour.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So
3: he, he gave me some pure white and pure black and some pure yellow.
1: Okay. The yellow, and, gee, that's extraordinary.
3: Yes, yeah. yeah. It took him... About thirty years of uh, colour coding breeding to produce some of the colours that he's got. Goodness, yeah, exquisite. Look, a few questions. That blue poppy—is it hard to grow? Has anyone (laughs) look? I could
1: I could raise seed and sell them by the thousand. Mm. Right, it wouldn't be difficult for me, but I just won't do it because I know that they'll be dead within two months. Yeah, if if they last that long.
3: Has Pam had a go at them? They
1: no, do, I haven't. No, they look. They do really well in Scotland.
3: <laughs> oh right. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah, Whether it's down the track, we can learn a bit more about. They them.
2: They are really tricky. Yeah, uh, yeah they're right. impossible to if grow. You, yeah, if you but live they, off ma- if you live off Mount Daninong, I'd be like, Don't no, try. no, and even like, and even then, I'd be like, well, you.
1: you yeah, can't have, I, you I can't have friends <laughs> who are great gardeners <laughs> on the top of Mount Daninong and they couldn't they really couldn't grow couldn't right, keep right, them going. Grow
3: the other thing. With ranunculi, some say after the first season, get rid of them, Uh, they're not as good from then on, or do you leave them in the ground and do you find the flowers decrease or are they as strong, second, third flowering?
1: I've got a friend who grows, I don't really grow them a lot, but I've got a friend who grows them and she puts them all in pots and buries the pots in the garden. Mm. Right. And then lifts them and dry stores them Ah. over the summer.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: She's got quite a nice collection of sort of odd colours, colours that perhaps you wouldn't find commercially. Mm. Okay. Which is, well, they're
2: worth looking after.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I think that's
1: the
2: way to do it. Yeah, the other thing with... um, I I, I love ranunculus for a cut flower as well. They last a couple of weeks in a vase and they don't don't really kind of go down in quality in that time either. They look fabulous. I took
3: uh, a couple of bunches to um, the Anglican Church Thursday of Lineria and everyone couldn't get over what beautiful flowers they were. Everyone was asking what they were. Yeah. A couple of bunches of them and they look superb in a bunch too, but they're not... Right, widely grown these days for some reason
1: it's all through my garden It self-seeds everywhere Linaria. yeah here. yeah, yeah. Now, it's, look, it's a good yeah. plant and is. It, it comes up in many different colors
3: oh beautiful now yeah. the other thing i've got down in the veggie garden uh when the onions bolt do you is there a way to stop that i i nip the middle part out when they bolt it's got the seed coming on. Do you reckon that helps to stop the bolting? Because with with rain, you can. I had a nice crop of onions that are a couple of months off of being full onions, but mm. the rain sometimes can make them bolt. Mm. Have you had any experience with that sort of thing?
0: I don't no. think. I don't think. Pink, I don't think it's going. You're going to be able to stop them.
3: Stop Once
0: them they bolting. start. Once they start.
3: Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Pam, did you get any uh, daffodils up I certainly
0: did. I've got a mass of them again. Thank you, Robert. They've been wonderful. (laughs) Totally, totally enjoyable. Absolutely wonderful.
3: Yeah, been a good year for them too. It has. It really has. Yeah. All all the rain. Yeah, anyway, thanks thanks for that. So, look, you reckon I would be saving some uh, stress... If I didn't try to grow the blue poppy, definitely. Oh, yeah. Well, well, like stress and a lot of heartache. You as pop- well. I, yeah. looking, I think some <laughs> nurseries
1: still grow it, but I certainly wouldn't <laughs> because I, I like my
2: customers' plants to grow. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was over in Scotland a couple of months ago, and um, and 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 one of the things that I was absolutely astounded at was that the most healthy, vigorous specimen of the Wallamai pine I've ever seen in my life is growing uh. in bloody Glasgow. <laughs> um, yeah, incredible. And, yeah. and and while I was over there, I was in contact with Simon Rickard, who's also on the show. Okay, oh, yes. yes yeah, and yeah. and he said, and 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 when I posted a photo of the Wallamai pine, he basically said. I hate going over to Scotland because everyone always shows me their bloody Wollemi pine, and all I want to see is their mechanopsis. That's right. <laughs> it's so we, so we, we, we can yeah. buy Wollemi pines in our supermarkets over here. I don't yeah. care about your Wollemi pine. Show us your blue poppies. Yeah,
3: no, I'll stick to the vegetables. I'm ready to plant more yep. peas yep. and um, uh-huh. beans. Yep. yep. Getting ready to get stuck right into the ve- got some lovely tomato seedlings coming on. Yep, yep. It's a good uh, time
0: got- to really get into it all.
3: Yeah, Grossliss. Gross, Gross yep. Lissy K Y one. Always a good one. Yeah. Black black Kim. I grow one called Black Kim. That's oh a, yes, yes, a, I've grown a,
0: that, that in the
2: past.
3: And, and the uh What's that other one the birds like to come? A black Russian.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, the black Russians are great, actually. But, I, I saw a bloke at the Preston Market yesterday selling seedlings for tomatoes that I, I'm pretty confident that he grew himself, and he was calling one of them black Australian, and I thought, uh, yeah, you just made that up. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> that
3: well, anyway, thanks very much for everything, and great to hear from you all. Uh, Thank thanks, you. Robert. Cheers, Robert. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.
0: Right, next up we have uh, Margaret in Camberwell. Good morning, Margaret.
5: Oh, good morning and thank you for your program. Uh, You reminded me last week of the uh, rare plant sale at the Botanic Gardens Mm. and I spent all day there. All right. And And all your
2: money as well. (laughs) Beg your pardon? And all your money as well.
5: Just about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. I came
5: home with a magnificent pitcher plant and apparently a friend told me, it would be happiest in the bathroom. Mm. So I've got it hanging from the shower and I've been spraying it with water mm-hmm. but I wonder if it would like a bit of um, sea salt or fertiliser. Um, it won't get any insects as far as I know in the bathroom and I wonder if I managed to catch a blowfly or an insect of some sort, whether I could feed it with that, apparently it prefers to uh, catch its own food, according to the information I have.
4: Yes. Very
1: specialised plants, mm. you're it's, asking about.
4: Yes.
5: <laughs> yes. Do you know what sort of, what I could feed it?
1: Uh, if you were to use liquid fertilisers, I'd start off very weak. Very mm. weak. And mm. work your way up, because mm. I really don't know.
5: Mm. No. Yeah. It's a very special plant.
1: But then I don't know anything that doesn't like a bit of sea salt. Yeah, a bit of feed. sea salt. Mm. Won't yeah. do it anyhow.
5: We Yeah,
0: dilute yeah. it well down. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yes, I was surprised it likes a fairly cool environment. Uh, 8.5 degrees to 21 degrees in the summer. Right, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, also, would it be possible to propagate it from the leaves? Or, apparently it produces seeds according to the information
2: i have mm. um i've, never, really a, I've never had a go at propagating yeah, it so i, I don't couldn't know answer anything that question. about them yeah, to be honest yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
6: i, d- I, I don't know they're... if gwen
0: or roger are listening but they um they grow them um, they? yes and they have they have big bowls of them outside their their kitchen door and that to yeah. to stop the mosquitoes and the flies coming mm. into the house so, i think um, they
1: divide it aren't they <laughs> From the base. I wouldn't
5: like to try doing that at the moment. <laughs> no, just, no, no, no. 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 When, when it gets a bit older. Yeah. Yes,
2: yeah. Yes. It's a beautiful place.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: But the, the bathroom is a good spot for them because they do enjoy a bit of humidity. Um, yes, um yes. But yeah. i have, it, have
5: a few more showers. And, and quite
2: bright indirect light as well. So, so the bathroom's probably a good spot for them if you've you have
5: direct light.
2: Indirect light. Indirect yeah. light. Yep. Yeah. Oh, good. Yep. Oh, well, it
5: should be happy, but. Hungry? At the... <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to
2: leave the front and back door open just to let some flies in, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
0: thank you very well, much. If you keep listening, Margaret, we might have someone ring in with um, who's, who's uh, grown them more. Yes. Oh well,
5: thank you. Okay then. Yes. Good, bye. good
0: day. Mm. Bye bye. You are listening to the Three CR Gardening Show. We're running through until nine fifteen, our usual time slot. So if you'd like to join us this morning. Do give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. That number is nine four one nine zero one double five. That's nine four one nine zero one double five. What else have you got there, James?
2: Um, I brought in a, a wee collection of some hostas that I've got absolutely
0: snail fodder
2: going. Well, yeah, well, look, I, I seem to be really fortunate in that um, uh, they don't. The snails don't seem to bother them in my garden, but I do. That being said, I do only grow them in pots. Um, mm. Right. So they're a little bit easier yeah. to, to look after. They're fabulous tub plants. They really are. Yeah. They they're so giving That's and they're right. really reliable. Um, and they
1: don't rec- they can be really pot bound. It mm. don- doesn't phase them. At and all. they'll still put on a fabulous show. That's right. Yeah. You can leave them in the pots for years. Mm. Yeah.
2: And you can really compose with them as well. Yep. Right. Once you get Absolutely. a good collection with them, you yeah. can rearrange them and and, yeah. and 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 you know, really create nice little nice little pictures with them um, which I is just what use I have
0: you tapes. I was going to say, have you ever tried the copper tape because no. I'm having fantastic success Absolutely. with that. Is that yeah, with right. pots? Yes. I've always
2: been dubious as to the science that behind that, No, so it works. brilliantly. You, you found it pretty effective. I have
0: literally watched a snail climb the pot and stop. Is and it that got right? to the copper tape, and yeah, okay. and I saw it. I watched it. Then its progress for the next couple of days because it was determined to get up that yeah. pot, mm-hmm. but it never got above the copper Once tape. Once it got yeah. to the copper tape, yep. it just just turn around. I
1: mean, if you can find old coppers, I've got half a dozen old coppers at home that I grow hostas in, and of course they're fantastic. Oh yes. yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. okay, yeah. okay,
0: yeah. But no, I, I strongly recommend the copper tape. I'll have to yeah. give
2: it a crack in that regard. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I've always I've always thought it. Sounded a bit kind of voodoo science kind yeah, of. Yeah,
0: no, like, oh, it, it, it really know. works. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, okay, it's I'll fantastic. have to have try. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the hosters the hosters in the pots at my place. A couple of years ago, um, my partner and I visited an open garden around um, around. Uh, I'm going to say Castlemaine because I'm from Queensland, but I know you lot down here say Castlemaine. Um, and and this lady had this fabulous collection of hostas in in pots um, on a bench in in a little shady corner of her garden, yeah. and as soon as my other half saw it, he just went, "Wow, we have to get hostas in our garden. Yeah. I love these." Um, yeah. um, and and for someone who's not necessarily a you know a plant person, whenever he gets excited about plants, I think, all right, well, we have got to do that because got that <laughs> yeah. <one>. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to get him interested. Um, but ever since then, we've been we've been collecting um, a whole lot of different cultivars, and and this time of year, they're all looking really really good. Yeah. Um, interestingly, there's one there's one of the dwarfs that we've got. Um, we've got we've got two dwarfs, blue mouseys, and just mouseys. Yeah. And the mouse ears uh, is is really slow. It's really only just popped its head above the potting mix at the and moment. Blue mouse ears is rampant. It, it, it's well, a really well, good yeah, This is this is the this is the blue mouse ears that I've got yeah. here and despite the fact that we, 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 we really only planted this in the pots last year but despite that fact it's basically filled out the pot already yeah. which I was just astounded by.
1: For me blue mouse ears ticks all the
2: boxes. Mm. Beautiful foliage really mm. good flower. A fantastic flower. Yeah. Really gorgeous. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and we have this we have this habit of growing them out the back where we get morning sun and then past about 10 or 11 in the morning it's in the shade. So, they, so as, as, as a, as a, as a as a genus generally they do like that early morning sun but mm. once it starts to get once the sun starts to get a bit higher in the sky and it starts to get a bit hot they like to be in the shade past that point and especially to get them to flower well I reckon oh, and,
1: and to get the patterning on the leaf yeah, they need some sun they
2: definitely need a little bit of sun uh, in the morning yeah. okay. um, and then once we once we get into the stage where they're initiating their flowers we'll actually move them out onto the front um veranda, okay, and create a nice little arrangement of them, so people coming to the house and walking past um you know get to enjoy them as well yeah um but yeah i look i look I really love them, and they've got they've got this reputation as being really really water hungry but um no. I haven't found that at all no, i no, i think no, that's no, no. i think that's totally wrong as it's, well it
1: is in If you put them in the garden, they'll be a failure. Yep. But in pots, I don't have to water them much at all. Mm, And mm. it's the same with maples because they're plants which are accustomed to sitting in a moist environment. Yep. Whereas you put an Australian native (coughs) in a pot that comes from an arid climate
2: and Mm. you're going to be watering it for the rest of your days Mm. because the roots just go straight out (laughs) looking looking for it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. mm. But I look, I really, I really love them, and I was having a talk with Craig before we came on air about about this one. It's by far the the largest leaved of all the hostas that I'm growing at the moment, and I bought it as as an unnamed cultivar, and it was just labelled as Plantagenia. But but oh. you were saying you reckon it's not it's I not that at all. Don't
1: think it is. Okay, you'll know when it flowers because Plantagenia is white and has a perfume.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna definitely have to keep yeah. an eye out for that. But the, but the the size of the leaf, it's you know, it's bigger than a. It's bigger than a handspan, um and it's kind of a a beautiful muted green with a little bit of a blush on the leaf. Um but one of my favourite parts of it as well is the, the is underside. the reverse of the leaf. It looks yeah. like it almost looks like whales whales gills yes, or something like that. Yes. You know? It's yeah. a gorgeous it's Yes, a gorgeous, I
0: love I love thing. the veining in the leaves. Mm. It's really mm. beautiful.
1: Well, one thing about hostas and in fact all pot plants is that they need to be fed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the first thing I say to people when they come to the nursery and they buy something they tell me they're going to grow in a pot is mm. make sure you feed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than a miserable, hungry pot plant. <laughs> <laughs> I suspect there are lots and of I, them out. Lots of them. <laughs> people, people don't feed them nearly enough. And yes. with, with my hostas, it's once a week with sea power feed. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And they're really plump.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I
2: give them a slow, refli- slow, slow release when they're starting well. to shoot, and yeah. then I also, yeah. I also um, um, the, the liquid, folia li- liquid feeding, fertilize every couple folia of weeks. feeding yeah. really works. So folia as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I've never yeah. tried the folia yeah. I, I usually just go a bit of, um, a bit of uh, fish emulsion every couple of weeks, and, yeah. and that seems to really kick them on. But I'll give, I'll give the foliage, give foliage a feeding a, yeah. a try. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But okay. I, look, I, look, I really love them. I really love them um, as a, as a as a group of plants um and if i was to if i was to be forced to pick a favorite um i'm not usually the type of person to go for variegated plants because i think they always look a bit sick um (laughs) it's kind of the horticultural brain i would Um, separate there i think yeah okay (laughs) but i just think oh you know they just need they just need a bit of um a bit of nutrient um um to To kind of correct to correct their sickness, but I absolutely love this cultivar of hosta. Um, it's called June, and it's yeah. it's three tone green um, and blue and blue. It's it's yeah. just absolutely gorgeous. It's really really vigorous as well. Yeah. So if you buy a small specimen of it one year and you think, oh yeah, it did all right. You know, not terribly impressed with it. Wait until the next year, and it will absolutely take off and astound you. Yeah. Um, it's just—it's so easy to grow. It looks beautiful. We actually bring this one indoors after it leaves out um, and put it in a put it in an east facing um, window, so it gets the morning sun, but okay. it also grows indoors. And it's after the point that we've turned the heater off inside the yes, house yes. as well. Yeah. Um, I've never really—I've never really read or talked to anyone who attempts to grow hostas as house plants but but hosta june we basically keep it indoors from this point of the year until really? until okay. december or january and it does really really well as long okay. as we don't have the heater on that seems to be the caveat yeah. Um, mm. but yeah it looks looks fabulous looks really good in a we've got it in a like a gray textured pot yeah. and the contrast between that and the leaves looks Absolutely brilliant! Yeah,
1: just just a warning, James. It's a slippery slope when you start collecting <laughs> hostas.
2: <laughs> I know, I know. I, I've, it's I've... an addiction. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's so many of them. <laughs> but yeah, look, look. I think, I think, they, I think they're really underrated. I think maybe, maybe they fell out of. Maybe they fell out of um, favour during the drought um, or something like that, and people stopped growing them. Or... People have never used
1: them as, as tub plants; they've they yeah. viewed them as garden plants. Yeah. And yes, and they need to be grown in tubs in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and big tubs because they've got a strong root system. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but they do. They're they, they're really easy as container plants, and mm. and they're so giving and mm-hmm. rewarding. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of singing their praises at this time of year. Fantastic. Um, and anyone who comes to my garden and doesn't notice them, I'm always like, look at these hostas, aren't they fabulous? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, okay. yeah, I love them, I love them.
0: Yep, yep. Um, we, just, we have uh, still two uh, free double passes uh, left to give away. If any of our listeners would like to uh, ring in and get a free double pass for next weekend's Open Gardens Victoria, um, we still have the... Uh, Pass for Ardruda, which is the uh, magnificent hill station garden uh, up at Mount Macedon, um, established by von Mueller in the 1870s. It sounds absolutely wonderful a six acre garden with all sorts of highlights to it. So that one is still available. The address of Ardruda is 49 Devonshire Lane, Mount Macedon. And uh, we also still have. Uh, a double pass to Mariba available. Mariba uh, was the garden with uh, the exotic and Australian trees, many dating back to the late 1940s, but also roses, a vegetable garden, and an orchard. So um, the address of Mariba is 1 Creed's Road in Murrindindi near Ye, and there is another garden, as I said, open just 10 minutes' drive from Mariba as well if you want to make a bit of a day... Of it, so uh, if you'd like one of those two double passes, do give us a call now. That number is nine four one nine zero one double five. That's nine four one nine zero one double five. What else is happening in the dandy? Oh, you've still got some plants oh, the there, Craig. Oh, got heaps in that tray. Yeah. Good, yeah, covering yeah, a lot a, of it actually. Good, good. Moment. Bottomless tray. <laughs> <laughs>
4: this
1: is this is what I offer people when they come in looking for mint. <laughs> it's Calamintea cratica. I was looking at it thinking it was oregano, oregano actually. Yeah. It, it does look, look like an oregano. Yeah. yeah, and it's not it doesn't take over your garden like okay. mint. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It grows wow. in full sun. It's quite actually quite a nice plant. And yeah. it's
0: velvety to the touch. It's velvety, Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And you just use it the same as any it's, other mint? It's, it's,
2: it's a mint. It's calam, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. yeah. It's almost like a really muted spearmint or something like that with the with the odor of It's quite of it, strong, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? yeah. 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 Gorgeous, really nice. It does It does
0: look like a bloody oregano, doesn't
2: it? It does not I, I, I thought that's what it was when, yeah. you, when it was sitting yeah. in your tray yeah. there yeah.
1: Before, you, before you picked it up.
0: It's, it's the shape of the leaf, I think. Yeah. And the fur,
1: and the hirsute leaves, yes. leaves. Yes, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Wow. So, um, so you say you could actually quite happily put that directly in the garden. It doesn't have to be in a pot.
1: It's not, it's not it's as rampant. It's not a thug. Yeah, as, yeah it's not a yeah. thug like mint. Yeah. Okay. I'm a bit frightened of mint. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as much as I love it. Yeah.
2: Does it oh, get little flowers great. on it yeah. as well? Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Um, white with just a touch of mauve in them. Oh, lovely. It's pretty, okay. Yeah, it's, it's quite a nice plant. It's been in the rock garden for years. Mm-hmm. Right. Every now and again I have to hoist a bit out because, you know, it extends beyond its boundary. Yeah, right, yeah, right. right. But, but that's this, easy enough. Not, yeah. It's not like ordinary mint yes yeah
0: Yeah. no that's great
1: very attractive we plant uh-huh. agreed and this is my answer to Fatinia.
0: okay yeah
1: um, Osmanthus Heterophilus mm-hmm. Purpurea mm-hmm. and in the springtime it gets this this beautiful um, dark it's not really red is it no no it looks red when it's on the plant. It doesn't look red in here. Yeah. <laughs> it looks more of a yeah, purple but in here. Yeah, under- yeah. But it's it's, it's a yeah. sort of similar effect to Fortunia, P- but perhaps mm. a bit more toned down. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and a much, much more interesting leaf shape as much well. Much more, more, yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. And looks like holly for the rest of the year, really. I'm a bit mm. of a fan of Osmanthus. Mm. Unfortunately, this one doesn't have the perfume that some of them do. Right. But I think that's compensated for by the spring growth. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Gorgeous, really nice, and easy to propagate. Or osmanthus, yeah, yeah, yep. pretty much. I mean, it's not privet, but you know, it's, <laughs> 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 it's nearly not too difficult from cuttings. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah, and and much underused again. Mm. Yeah, perhaps, possibly because they're a bit slower. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. which I view as an advantage.
0: Yes, everyone wants instant, don't they?
1: Oh, they certainly do. Well, yes. It just needs yeah. more bloody cutting back if it's oh, quick, it's doesn't I was going to have a word to James about his pear trees later. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Apples. I'm happy to be convinced otherwise, yeah. so we'll see how we go. Apples. <laughs>
1: the malus is a wonderful genus. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay. I know, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of looking at the ornamental pair as well. There's one called Gorgeous. On. Oh, maybe I should think about something else, but Gorgeous. Okay. Gorgeous It's bred gorgeous. in New
1: Zealand and the nurseryman right. had it in his yard and a woman walked in and said, look at that, it's Gorgeous. Ah. <laughs> and he has really big crabs. Yeah, yes. okay. Almost full size. Right. Wow. And right. lots of them. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it does the pink and white thing in spring. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and then in the autumn you get this heavy
2: crop of crabs. And they'd hedge up all right? Yep. Yep, okay, yep. all right. Apples love being lovely. I think Apples I'm, I think I'm sold, really. Yeah. 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 Or, or Jack
1: Hum. <laughs> you need to do a little bit of research. Okay. Jack Hum's another one that's fantastic. Right, right. Yeah. Jack
2: Hum and Gorgeous. Yeah.
0: That's I hope you're taking notes. <laughs> I'm definitely taking notes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I like the idea of getting a few crabs as well at the end of the. At That's the right. Oh, yes. yeah. that would be really nice. Yeah, it'd be lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
0: and very ornamental, hanging on the trees. I think yeah. they're terrific
1: trees. I like apples mm. a lot. Mm. Yeah, and the pears. Mm, they're big trees. They are.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And they're much overplanted. I mean, I went to visit a friend who has his. Courtyard landscape in Richmond, and the, the landscaper had put in
2: three of them. Oh, uh. Christ. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a bit much. Yeah. 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 Definitely overplanted. Yeah, I yes. agree with that. They've used them as, um, They've used the, the great uh, street trees, the fastigiate ones as street trees. Yeah, in, yes. in yes. our yeah. suburbs, Josephine or yeah. something like that, and they, and they look all right. Yeah, they're very they good. They look all right. Yeah. But the Corellas go absolutely gangbusters over them in late summer. Do they? Basically, give them a tip prune, okay. which is good for a street tree, which usually yeah. gets oh yes, nothing that's but fine. <laughs> oh, they, they serve a purpose if they're feeding the Corellas. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But without a shadow of a doubt, every year there's there's huge gangs of Corellas that turn up and yeah. go through them in gangs. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. It's reliable. It's like clockwork yeah. every year. Brilliant.
0: <laughs> okay, what else have you got there, Craig? Oh,
1: look, I bought in some Ward's Ruby, which is my famous favourite, Kurumi. I love Kurumi azaleas. I, it's took, taken me a while. Right. I was a bit over them when I first moved up to the hills. But as I've looked through them, and you can sort of look beyond the hot pinks mm. to see the full colour range, this really is some beautiful colours amongst them. Mm. Uh, especially some of the soft mauves whether they're almost white with just a touch of mauve, mm-hmm. and and Ward's ruby. Ward's ruby is not much growing because it's a bit leggy, so you need okay. to, need to chop it a fair bit to yep. get it compact. But it's an incredible red. Mm.
0: Oh, it's a brilliant red.
2: Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. How do you go with um? How do you go with lace bug up on the mountain? I just ignore it. You just ignore it. Yeah. 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 I don't do diseases and pests.
4: Yep. Yeah. Yep. It'll um, sort itself out, it really. sorts
1: itself yeah. out. Yeah. Look, you can, there's no lace bug on the new growth. No, there isn't, yeah. absolutely. And even yeah. on the
2: old growth, there's very little as well. So, really, yes.
1: people get very excited about pests, and, and unless they're on something you eat, <coughs> I, right. I don't have an issue. I mean, my, yes. my mm. maples are covered in aphids at this time of the year,
2: yeah, right. dripping in aphids. Mm. Okay. Mm. I just leave them. Yeah. By December, they're gone. Well, there was that bit of research that was published. Oh, it was probably six months ago now, but there's been an updated bit of research, um, um, kind of confirming the uh, initial results. Um, over in Germany, there was like a like an amateur um, an amateur uh, uh, insect society um, that had been collecting data on a local reserve for the last forty years, basically, mm. and they would put up big um, trap nets once a year to. to trap as many insects as they could and to track the population dynamics and identify okay. all the insects that they could. and okay. And they found that ever since, ever since the mid eighties, there's been a huge crash in the numbers of insects that they've That's been right. finding in that reserve. Yeah. Um, you know surprise surprise coincides with the with the introduction of a lot of neonicotinoid pesticides yes. um and there's 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 a bit of research going on now to try and draw a direct link between those two things mm-hmm. right um and you know the the fact that that something like confidor is it's sold here in australia um has been banned for home use over in over in Europe because of this connection with the crash of insect populations and especially honeybees as well. Oh yeah. And and the interesting part of that research for me as well was that um they they also looked at the prevalence of neonicotinoid pesticides and not not just in so it's been banned for home use in Europe but it's not banned for agricultural use and you know agricultural use is going to be a bigger problem obviously because you know it's a much it's a much more broad scale thing than people who are going to be using it in their gardens at home um, but one of the one of the one of the interesting and terrifying things about that research was that when When they looked into the prevalence of neonicotinoid pesticides in the ecosystem yeah. um, they found that there were actually higher concentrations of neonicotinoids in in um, natural and meadow areas abutting broad-scale farming that were actually using the neonicotinoid pesticides and bringing them into those ecosystems.
1: But they'd be using bone sprays, wouldn't they?
2: They would absolutely, yes. but it's, but it's also yeah. highly water soluble. So once once it gets into a plant system in a broad acre sense, mm-hmm. it'll actually wash into surrounding e- ecosystems very okay. very easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you know, despite the fact that you're gonna that you're gonna soak your corn crop in neonicotinoid pesticides before you sow it as a way of trying to deter pests once it gets growing, Um, once that corn crop comes up and once it rains those neonics actually leach into surrounding natural areas yeah. and actually concentrate concentrate their, themselves in in things like wildflowers and annuals oh. so things that bees love to isn't it? So, absolutely so just yes. get soaked yeah. up by yes. anything and, yeah. and those kind of plants that bees love you know so no wonder we have these populations of bees crashing everyone everyone seems to pay attention to to bee populations but the interesting thing about this this amateur insect society in in germany for me was that um, we've been charting the decline of bees for the last 20 years, mm. but no one's actually paid attention to a whole other a whole other suite of insects, basically. Yes. Yeah. And it seems to be happening across the board. Right. Um, which is a bit of a worry. Um, sure and, is. And, and there's, there's, there's a phenomenon going on in North America as well that's called the windscreen phenomenon where people – People have actually said, oh, well, you know, when I was a teenager, these are people in their 50s or something now, 50s or 60s, saying when I was a teenager and you'd go out driving at night, you know, the windshield and the grill of your car would actually be absolutely be covered True. in insects. True. True. Yeah. And, and yeah. now it's not happening. Yeah. And so people are just starting to notice. And, and so there's this connection going on. So talking about pests and people getting, you know, they're going to rush out and buy some kind of product to deal with a pest in their garden, I think is I think is a bit, it's a bit, you know, it's jumping the gun, really. Nature's had these processes yeah, in place for for a very long Generally time. Generally
1: unnecessary, and, yeah. and and my advice to people if they have a plant that gets pests or diseases is just chuck it out and put something in that's not going to get pests and diseases. Mm. Yes, I mean there's enough chemicals in the world without us soaking our ornamental gardens in
0: oh, them as well. Heavens, I agree, yes.
2: yeah. I totally agree.
0: But I mean, it's not just it's not just the bees that are mm. pollinators. I mean, we, we need all those other insects.
2: Yep. Death absolutely. Every absolutely. single one of them. Yes, yeah.
0: <clears throat> absolutely. Yeah.
2: I was out taking photos of the beneficials on my on my rock rose yesterday morning and, I, like I said, I did two species of native bee. I had the, you know, the A- A- Apis, Apis mellifera, the usual honeybee. Um, I had a couple of butterflies, a couple of species of butterflies. I had two species of flies as well. The, okay. the drone fly yeah. um, is actually a really, really important pollinator. It's a blowy, isn't it? It, it is yeah, yeah. it nice. so its yeah. yeah. So it's quite big, but yeah. I often see it on flowers in my garden. Okay. You know? And a lot of people would be, oh, it's a fly, oh, get rid of it right. or kill it, or, or something like that. Oh. But, but they're a very, very important pollinator, and it's all part of a... It's all part of a very diverse ecosystem that we're yep. part of as well. You know, yep. we like to think of ourselves as separate from it, but I, I think that's I think that's a bit of I don't know, folly and a bit arrogant. More than a bit yeah. arrogant, really. Yeah, yeah, yes. Everything has yeah. its place. Yeah.
0: So where did you read this research, James?
2: It's been splashed around. It's yeah, yeah. It's been it's been it was it kind of broke on the Guardian website about. Three or four weeks ago, okay. um, but I wrote a couple of um, articles for gardendrum.com dot yep. com um, about it when the research was first published. Yeah, so, okay. if you if you if you even Google like bee decline and Garden Drum or something like that, and then you will get a couple of It'll articles that pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but it's but it's interesting and terrifying and depressing <laughs> in equal measure. But yeah. Um, but more more than a bit of a worry, mm. really.
1: Yeah, people it's go so unsurprising. Mm. Mm. So unsurprising when yeah. when you see the amount of chemical that people use on commercial crops. Mm. I worked in a garden that was next to a strawberry farm in Sylvan, and I haven't eaten strawberries since. Yeah, yes. Right. The right. chemical con- mm. it was just constant. Yes, constant spraying, which I well,
2: what <coughs> I assume was fungicides. <coughs> mm. Yeah.
1: Mm.
2: Which would be terrible for soil biota as well. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking about insects above the ground, but below the ground there's also a That's whole right. other ecosystem right. going yeah. on. That's yeah. right. There's all these but other the impacts.
1: Strawberries are a shocking crop. I mean, they cover the ground in plastic and, mm. and then pour chemicals on them, yeah. basically. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Well, they're now saying that they're finding glyphosate in um, flour. The flour we use for our bread—is
2: that right? Yes. Wow. Yeah, because
1: they use because they've got these resistant strains of wheat, so the yeah. farmers can spray their fields. That's right. Yeah. Mm. That's
0: right. And mm. and it's turning up. They're now saying you have to buy organic flour to try and to make
1: sure you don't have glyphosate in it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting a bit long in the tooth to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but for kids, I would have thought it's a real issue. Mm. Mm. Well, how? I... Al-
0: you know, uh, I mean, we're we're getting such an incredible increase in things like autism, yeah, and everyone's right. saying, "Oh, we don't know why." It's also, I mean, there's been has been potential links with glyphosate to Parkinson's mm. disease. I mean, yeah. really, we've mm. got to stop using chemicals. That's yeah. right,
2: yeah. That's exactly right. Every time someone says Any- to me, "Oh, you know, can't you just, you know, you're just going to spray the weeds?" Because I'm doing a lot of work for private gardening clients at the moment, and and you know, I'll get down on my hands and knees and actually pull weeds yep. out of pavers, and they look at me like I'm bloody mad, yeah. and I and I say, "Well, well I'm not going to use chemicals when I can I can get this whole area weeded in about ten or fifteen minutes. You it know? doesn't take <laughs> long, and it's really it. satisfying yeah, to it do. Is, absolutely, and it
0: is. you you can make sure you get the roots as well. Mm. It's,
5: yeah, mm.
1: guilty." <laughs> <laughs> but i have big areas to do right I mean, yeah okay the, the, the yeah. car park and the nursery i mean there's no way that i could even mm. imagine getting down on my hands and knees and yep. pulling them out yeah just yeah, for a I've time tried, thing, i've tried yeah. the um the recipes that you see with vinegar and yep. bicarb soda and stuff but i just find that it burns the foliage off and yeah, yeah and, and and they the,
2: come back again yeah i did a bit of a trial with um um, organic crop protectants released a product this year or late last year. Late last yeah. year, Slasher. Yes, um, and I've found it quite effective. Have actually. you? Yes. Yeah. So I haven't trialed so it yet. So it's pine yet. oil based. Yes. Um. Yeah. So it's definitely it's definitely organic, but I've used it. Um. We've got we've got a Lilydale topping driveway that runs to the shed, and yeah. it's just a. Pain in the ass to, to go try to and weed it, yeah. it, yeah. 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 it everywhere. So I've I've yeah. I've trialed this slasher on it, and, okay, and it's and it's a really good product as okay. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it yeah. means I don't have to use bloody glyphosate. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah supporting Monsanto. Yeah, oh, yeah, gotcha. that's right. I don't yeah. want to be giving their money in any way. Yeah, no, exactly. But yeah. um, but OCP is a great company. I love their products. They're oh, great. Yes. Not that I'm doing an advertorial or anything like
0: that. No, no. But they they are a very good company. Yeah. Okay, we must go to our next caller who's been very patient. We're going to Thelma in Leangatha. Good morning, Thelma. Oh, good morning, everybody. And I can agree with Slasher. I, I used it
7: after going to the International where they were advertising it, and I put it onto my path. and when I turned around... The weeds were dying behind <laughs> Before me. Before your very it was eyes.
5: Really? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. That's
1: fantastic. So I and mean, they didn't come back.
7: Uh, no, no, no. Oh, well, the, the new ones come back. Yeah, yeah. But, those, but it killed those, the roots. Those ones, <laughs> those ones certainly died immediately. Okay. Oh, okay. It was, it was well, almost, good to hear. Scary, almost scary. Almost um, scary. And I can't believe you people are going on about snails because I thought I had them all down here.
4: <laughs>
7: <laughs> Honestly Every time I move around It's just a moving mass of them <laughs> That's right
4: <Yeah. laughs>
7: But what I'm ringing for we, we are as you said earlier Pam Having our Red Rose Spectacular On the 10th and the 11th Yes <clears throat> And each year we feature a rose And this year um, They have featured Miss Marion Manifold Which came out in 1913 But Brundette's made it their centenary rose in 1993. Okay. Now, because when we feature it, we would love to have a display or a bush or whatever, we can't find any. If there's any listener out there that may have this in their garden and maybe it's in flower, Dandelion Gathaway or Dandinong Way or anywhere, we would love to hear from you, please.
2: And the name of it was Miss Marion's Manifold? Miss,
7: Miss Marion Manifold. Miss Marion right, Manifold, yeah. okay. William I'm not familiar Ad- with it at all. No, okay. William Adamson um, was the breeder of it. Right. right. What and colour is it? probably you know? may not have been born then, James Ever in
1: 1913. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. <laughs> what, what, yeah, what colour is it?
7: It's a, a rich, velvety, scarlet red. Mm. And it's got beautiful leathery broad foliage, and this is probably why Brundet's um, then featured it. And they would have sold a lot of lot of plants because it was their feature rose people's centenary mm. um, in nineteen ninety three. So they really thought when they chose that one that they'd probably find some. So it's amount. got to be out
2: there somewhere. Well,
7: that's that's yeah. why yep. we're appealing that if anyone, and if <laughs> they could please ring Lillian Britton on five six five seven three two six eight, mm-hmm. or just get in touch with someone from the Lengatha Horticultural Society.
0: Right. Have you tried um, <coughs> the Rose Society, Victoria? Well,
7: uh, Lillian is on to it. She's chasing up all over the place, Pam. I don't know who she's been in touch with, but I am somewhere along the line the voice of... Um, Radio for the is Society. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they tell me. <laughs> well, so I just thought, well, if someone was out there, Pam, it, it would be so appreciated. Of
0: course. Yeah. Uh, can I also um, suggest you try Diana and Graham Sargent? Yes, well, I was hoping that he might have been on your show
7: today. No,
0: they're on every second Sunday in the month. So. Oh, the second Sunday. Second of the month. Sunday in the yes. month.
7: Yep. I, I, yeah, yeah, missed all of that one. Okay, but, but
0: you can ring them.
7: Yes, no, no. Well, that's right. So we'll get on to that as well. Well, Lillian may already have done that also. Okay. And the other part of our show, which has not been mentioned, is the Vision Australia. We have an open garden that on the Saturday. Oh, okay. And every proceed goes to Vision Australia. Wonderful. So, yep. Yeah, so um, that's also... And they can pick that um, directions how to get to that garden... When they come to the Rose Show, because it is—it's a spectacular Rose Show. Yeah, um, one of the one of the best around, and it's been going for forty-six years now, which yeah. is fantastic. It event. is, yeah, it is really yes. <laughs> with a lot of volunteer work, Pam, yep. as you guys all know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we do know about that bit.
8: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, then I'll leave you to your next one. Okay, thank good thank on you. you. Cheers, Alma.
0: Bye bye. All right, let's go next to Hugh in the Yarra Valley. Good morning, Hugh. Ah, uh, good
9: morning, Panel, And uh, good morning, Victoria. Um, my my note is rather very, very brief, but I think of of terrible importance. Uh, at twenty two hundred ten, at twenty two o'clock thirty. That's half past ten p.m. I listened to Radio National on a program called Late Night Live,
4: uh-huh.
9: an interview with an author, and he had uh, uh, and the book he published was largely on agriculture. And I haven't had, at the time, paper and pencil, and um, I couldn't take any notes. But uh, he was dealing with uh, crossing native grasses, and so on and so forth with the grains. Mm -hmm. And they do that in America, Mm -hmm. the way Mm -hmm. I understand it. And I think behind it is a company called Minnesota. Could that be correct? Mm -hmm. Uh, The company who makes all these fertilizers and and, and pest controls. Anyway, this company uh, um, um, is the originator of glyphosate. Am I correct?
1: Right. That's Monsanto. Yep. Mont-Santo.
9: That's Monsanto. Yes, mm-hmm. I knew I had the name wrong, yeah. but I couldn't remember which one. Yes. Anyway, the face of not, yeah, but <laughs> the, I there have in the meantime over the last decades produced billions and billions and billions of tons of this Roundup.
4: Mhm. Yeah.
9: And the book is uh, the author has gone into the um uh, history and research of the damage of uh, this uh, roundup, and it is now has now been established that roundup is in the food chain in mm-hmm. America.
4: Uh-huh. Yes, yeah.
9: and um, they, this book also deals with Oktoberfest in Munich, and out of ten different beers which are available, that eight had the had this um, this pest. In its beer. So, anybody who has the means to retrieve perhaps this program, it was on the 24th of October. It's only a few not, be not long ago. It'll still be up it'll there be, with a
1: podcast. It'll be on their yeah. website. Yeah,
9: yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, if anybody wants to yeah. listen to this interview, I'm going to go back
2: and listen to that on your recommendation. To yeah. You, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. That sounds really it, good.
9: It, it's not a short interview. It's rather long. Yeah. That's,
1: that's the beauty of the ABC. Yes. Yeah, on, yeah.
9: on, on Radio National. Yeah. Um, okay. That's all I can tell you. I'm sorry to
0: say. No, start. that's that's wonderful, Hugh. Thank we you. We can chase that up. Yeah. That's great. Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Beep. Right, next up we're going to uh, Jan out in Paran. Good morning, Jan. Good morning, everyone. Um,
6: look, I've got a problem uh, I've looked it up in the my gardening books. I think what it is is leaf miner. Mm-hmm. I've got perennial spinach, and oh. the leaves turn white.
2: They turn white.
6: Yeah.
2: Okay. So perennial spinach. We were talking. D- does it kind of look like silverbeet, or more like a more like an actual spinach, or, or just try, just trying uh, to nut out what plant it might be exactly? Yeah.
6: It's um. It's not like silverbeet okay. in that it's got a broad leaf. It's more. Yeah. It sort of goes to a point. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's more like a triangular leaf yeah, and they right. probably grow about as long as your hand. Okay. It's not powdery mildew. No, no, it's no. not something you can, you can wipe off. It's, uh, it's actually... It's in,
2: it's, in the it, leaf.
6: It, it it's like, in the leaf itself, it, is it? It looks like, I'll tell you what it looks like, it looks like I've actually still bleached on the leaf.
2: Yeah, right. Okay. And it's happening to the whole plant rather than just individual
6: leaves? No, no, just individual leaves. Yeah, okay. But um, um, that's the only thing that I can find that, Indicates
2: what it might be. Yeah, right. Usually with leaf miner, I just pick the affected leaves yes, off. Yes, I'd just be, done be done picking it. off yeah. the affected leaves.
6: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I I have done that, but it seems to be spreading. It seems to be coming.
1: It's back. getting worse, is it?
6: Well, it's not getting worse, but it's actually spreading to other plants. Oh, right. oh, okay. So I take—I mean, I pick the leaves off and I put—you know—I take them away. I don't leave them around. Yeah. What, what
2: other plants has it spread to?
6: I oh, just more more of the. Um, you know, I've got several little
2: pots of um, the spinach. Okay, okay. Actually, I think,
0: no, some of it actually hopped on some of my kale. Yeah, right. right. Okay. I, I'd be tossing them out. And I'd be tossing it out. Starting mm. again. Are it's obviously in, susceptible to whatever. It's, is, it's in
1: pot. They're in pots, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd toss mm. the whole lot out, potting mix and all. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Sterilise oh. Start again. Yep. Sterilise the pots and start again. Yep.
4: Oh, okay. Terrific. Um,
2: yeah. Yep. And, and and keep an eye on it. And maybe try different cultivars of the same thing you've been growing as well. Because if you you know, if you like your spinach and your kale, these yep. these particular things you're growing at the moment might be particularly susceptible to it. So yep. right. try try another cultivar and it might you might find a bit of a bit of resistance and resilience there. And potting mix is a good harbour for things like oh, that. Oh, it certainly
0: mm. is.
6: Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. All right, then we'll try that. We'll
0: try it out. Well. Okay, yeah. thanks a lot. You, you're lucky in that you do have them in pots, so it's not yeah. such a big job. No, they're not, out it's in the garden. in the
1: soil. Be... Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, so it's something that actually
6: gets into the
1: soil. Sounds
2: like something that's it living in the like soil, It sounds like it's in make. the soil. Mm.
6: Yeah. Okay, lovely. Thanks for your help. Okay. Cheers, Jen. Bye.
2: Bye. We always give such you know drastic advice as gardeners, don't we? <laughs> I had a client a couple of weeks ago who had this. This lemon tree, I just, just kind of new client um, lemon tree with the worst infestation of um, of uh, citrus gall wasp yep. that I've ever seen yeah, in my life. Yep. And I turned up and I looked at it and I just went, "Oh, your citrus is in a parlour state." And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it's not looking too good." And then I looked down and the western-facing side of the trunk was just burnt to buggery, right? And I, th- I said to her, Look, this is never gonna come good. I can't hard prune this. You're just gonna have to replace the whole tree. Yep. And she was heartbroken. But yep. I said, Well look, you've got to you've gotta rip the whole thing out and start again and yeah. she said, Well, I was kinda hoping that I could selectively prune out this this gall wasp. Over the next couple of years and save the tree, um, but the fact that the cambium was actually burnt—you know, fifty yes. percent of the trunk—meant, meant, meant yes. no, you're going to have to rip yeah. the whole thing yeah. out and start again. But she said, "I haven't had fruit off it for three years." And I well, said, there "Well, there you of go. Well, if you ripped us. it out three years ago and planted a tree three years ago, you'd
1: actually be getting fruit off it yeah. by now." <laughs> oh, look, I, I get to visit quite a lot of gardens in the course of my work, and and the best mm. gardens are always maintained by ruthless gardeners. Yeah, you yes, have to be always, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. If something doesn't work, get rid of. It. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Okay, we've got a few uh, queries to answer. First up, a listener from the outside line wants to know um, how and when do you propagate hostas? Oh,
2: one of the easiest things in the world, really. You I divide reckon. them in yeah. the late, late winter. Yep.
1: I, I tend to do it when they're just, just starting to move. Yep. Yeah. Dormant or just starting
2: to shoot yeah. is the best time to do it. I, I th- agree. I think
1: it's better when you want to get them when you put them in the pot and the roots start moving straight mm. away.
2: mm yeah. yeah. So just basically basically tip them out of a pot and sink a spade into them yeah. and divide them up. And they're the kind of thing they're the kind of thing because you don't really grow them for the flowers. You can actually be a little bit greedy with dividing them as well. So instead of just dividing something in two and repotting it, you know, you usually the advice when you're dividing a plant would be don't be too don't be too greedy with, with divvying it up. Put them um. to a nurseryman, <laughs> <laughs> I shred them. <laughs> but but I with don't hostas, use a spade. <laughs> but with hostas, you can be—you know—you yeah. you tip one out of a pot and you can cut it into eight bits.
1: You need a growing tip, and they'll be yeah. really apparent
2: to yeah. you, and a little bit of root on that. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. about it, and that's it. And they—they're yeah. they're really they really easy. Yeah. Okay, so, so dividing, dividing is Late the definitive winter. answer yeah, to that question. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. All right, uh, Craig, listener wants to know your opening hours of the nursery.
1: Uh, 10 till 5, closed on Tuesdays.
0: And better give the address. Uh,
1: 138 Alinda Mombok Road and Alinda. Okay. It's a beautiful
2: nursery too. I've been several times and every time I go, I just, oh, oh, you walk around every corner. And especially your garden as well. I just uh,
1: The nature strip's looking fantastic at the moment.
2: I've seen photos on your Instagram feed yeah. actually and yeah. totally agree. It looks gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, yeah. Excellent. I might have to take a trot up there this week actually?
0: Excellent. Are you
1: the Northcote gardener?
2: No, Northcote Hobby Gardener. No, that's a friend of mine. I'm the horticologist on Instagram. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. it's, it's You're the not only not anonymous anymore. It's the only social media that I do, you know. I don't do Facebook or anything like that. Yes, I just I can't I can't be bothered with it basically. It works but,
1: really well for my business mm, better than any other social media. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: It's kind of minimal interaction, which is the reason I like Instagram. I'll cease to comment on your posts then. <laughs> <laughs>
8: <laughs> 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 um,
0: we've also had a listener suggesting using a, um, a heat gun to kill weeds. Oh, uh, that can yes, that can, be, can be very effective. Some weeds, absolutely,
1: yeah. but a small scale again. Yes,
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean I've yeah. probably got just about an possibly... acre of gravel. Mm. Yes, so yeah. that's
0: that's too hard. Yeah,
2: um, but this
1: new one sounds really good. And I'll give that a bash. Yeah, it is, yeah.
2: It, it's is. It I've I've had great success with it. Yeah. So we'll we we'll have to have a crack and let us know how you go. Yeah. Um, but the the heat gun, the heat gun, or you know the the I always call it a flamethrower. It's yeah. gonna be you know a little bit yeah, over the well. top of a description because it's you know some of them can be quite full on. Um, They're really good for annual weeds, not so much perennial weeds. My neighbour, he's
1: very particular about his lawn, Mm. and he uses it for killing flat weeds in the lawn. He probably hates me because I encourage them because the bees love them so much. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, the lawn's just buzzing when when they're flowering. Yes. So he goes with the heat gun on his lawn.
2: Yeah, yeah. Kills the um, dandelions. Right. Yeah. I would never have thought. I wouldn't have thought a heat gun would be terribly efficacious against. You know, those dandelion weeds and things. Apparently prepared. so. Oh,
4: okay. Yeah. All, right. Ah. all right.
2: But they're very handy. When I when I did a lot of work in um in bushland management, we used heat guns all the time to to burn annual weeds, especially for grasses and things like that. Mm-hmm. Things like breezer and when they first start coming up, you just burn them off and the and the local grasses seem to not be terribly affected by a blast okay. of heat but the it'll kill the annuals straight away. Yes. Um but yeah i think i think potentially useful tool for the right application and probably underutilized in that regard but mm, you got to yeah. be you got to be quite specific and targeted with how you use it yep. yeah
0: yep fair enough okay uh, you are listening to the 3CA gardening show uh, we are here every sunday morning 7:30 until 9:15 if you'd like to jump on the phones and ask a gardening question this morning before we run out of time do give us a call that number again is 9 9- Four one nine zero one double five nine four one nine zero one double five. Okay, so we'll go next to uh, Vivian uh, in Melbourne. Good morning, Vivian.
6: Hi, Pam. Thank you for your show. I just wanted to tell the listeners the name of that book someone called in about Philip Adams' interview. All oh, right. The man's name is Charles Massey, and he's a farmer up in the Manaro. Um, Area mm. and his book is called Call of the Reed Warbler. Call of the Reed I've
0: heard, Warbler. I heard that. Actually. Yeah. 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 It's okay. a,
6: a new agriculture, a new earth, and um, I've I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to interview him on the Beyond Zero Mission Show, which I do on Mondays. And I'd just like to um, ask your listeners if they'd li- like to listen tomorrow night to 3CR at 5 p.m. Mm. We're going to be talking about the Great Forest National Park.
0: Right.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah.
0: Okay, excellent. Thanks so much for that, Vivian. Thank you, Pam. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. I've heard of this guy. Mm, he's, yeah, me He's too. the renegade farmer <clears throat> who's causing feathers to ruffle. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Long may it continue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: excellent. So, um, okay, so that's, that's not only chasing up um, Radio National from the 24th of October, but also 5 o'clock tomorrow night. And we can hear um, Charles Massey and and talking about... uh...
1: Philip Adams has the most interesting people. Mm -hmm. Um, The uh, the Disporums is a group of plants that I like, Polygonaceae, so they're in the same family as um, Solomon's seal. Yes. Yeah. This one's phenomenally rampant in my garden. Um, (laughs) Someone gave me a piece and I put it in and yeah
0: are you regretting it? Well, not
1: really, because <laughs> it's kind of nice okay yeah and, and Looks a bit sick, but really, what I it? tell people to do <laughs> <laughs> is if you have oh <laughs> <laughs> it's flowering yeah glasses don't flower. definitely related to solomon seal if yeah. if you have big tubs of red maples. Mm. Put this in with them, mm. yes, as a surface yeah. cover, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it really goes well with red maples. Now
0: we should explain why James made the it's comment it's because it's variegated. <laughs> yes, he's, he's
1: airing his prejudices. <laughs> I'm trying to change. I swear.
2: <laughs> it's a very gorgeous little plant, though. It isn't? is. Yeah. Um,
1: um, Polygonatum sessile variegata, mm-hmm. and in, in a moist soil it's rampant. But mm. I've seen it in drier spots where it's quite contained. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's, it's a gentle variegation, though. Mm. Very fine variegation. It's a lovely variegation, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah.
1: It, it just has a slight white veining through the leaves.
2: Yeah. So if you've got more of a dry condition, it's going to be a bit better behaved. It contains it, yeah. Okay, that's yep. right. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Okay. So even in a pot or something like that, if you Great had a maple in plant. a pot, you'd whack it in there, and it'll yeah. be, be quite good. Yeah.
1: That's what that's what I'm saying. If you have big dissectums, mm. red dissectum mm. maples, mm. It, because the, the variegation and the red look it a really, really nice contrast. Foliage. Well,
0: I think yeah. any anything with a red tub plant in with that yeah. would look mm. spectacular.
1: Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Beautiful. Okay. And this
1: one, um, Disporum cantonensis, is is taller than me in the garden at the moment. Oh wow. it, it's gosh! Just fantastic. Mm. Um, and you buy it in a pot as quite a small plant, and each year the canes get a little bit taller. Okay. It's a perennial, um, and they're up to six feet, well a bit over six feet now. Gosh. Mm. And it's one of those plants that has an animal print when it surfaces, like a reptile. Do you know what I mean? The, the, yes. The markings on the on yeah, the stems great. as they come out of the ground. Yeah, awesome. Good heavens. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing.
5: Good heavens. Fantastic.
1: It's
0: a much darker leaf, but again, you can see the veinings. It's it's gorgeous.
1: Yeah, and uh, the flowering is very much Polygonaceae, isn't, you know, under, <laughs> yeah. under, under the stems. Yeah, unmistakably. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But it doesn't run
2: like Solomon's Seal. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I like the foliage on it too. It seems a bit, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It seems a bit, it's got a bit of a sheen on it as well. It's That's gorgeous. right. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. and I mean, it's been in my garden for 10 years and I might get five stems in a clump. Yeah, right. So okay. it's not, not rampant. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you're propagating it and selling it? So easy to propagate. Yeah, you can grow okay. it from cuttings, yeah, right, you can right. grow it from seed, you can grow
2: it from division. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I sell it. And yep. like other members of the genus, likes a bit of shade and shelter. It's or? a shade plant. Yeah, it's okay. a woodlander. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. Definitely. yeah, definitely. Very nice. Yeah, it's hard to get a bit of height and shade sometimes. So, some, something that's going to be, you know, yeah. your, your height. Something that's not is, a climber. Yeah, yet. yeah, is going to be. That's actually a really useful plant. And yeah, I'm gonna have to remember that. I might have to pop up to the nursery and get a couple, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's get
0: to a couple more of our callers. We have uh, Anna out in Coburg. Good morning, Anna.
10: Oh, good morning. Um, Talking about weeds, what do you think about vinegar and salt?
0: No.
1: Just Mm. burns the leaves.
0: Mm. Would never put salt into the soil either. Not good for the soil at all. But
10: this isn't in the soil. This is along uh, the footpath. Right. And it's driving me nuts. I can't take them out at all. It's really hard work.
1: It's it. I've I've followed all these sort of recipes that you see around because I don't like using glyphosate, um Yes, exactly. Right. And it's expensive apart from anything else. Yes. Mm. Um, and what I found is they just burn the leaves off, mm. and, and it doesn't it, get to, it the, doesn't roots get to anyway. the roots anyway. Oh, I see. I
10: see. So. Which
1: is what's interesting to me about what what's it called? It's slasher. Like, slasher. slasher. Yeah. Good name too. Mm-hmm.
10: Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. So look I for
0: some so, so look for slasher. It should um, it should be readily available. It's a,
2: sorry. It's, what is it called? It's, it's called slasher. Slasher. Yeah. Oh, slasher. It's been in every nursery I've been in oh, for the okay. last I'll year or so. so it's pretty widely available, except.
10: <laughs> and one more question, quickly. When you mentioned about um, planting uh, citrus fruit. Yep, yep. Uh, and when you say the roots are rounded, do you mean they're actually in a circle?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially. Oh, I mean,
10: so they, they should be cut off.
2: Absolutely. Yes. Oh, gosh, gotcha. yes. the oh, gotcha. And the only way you're going to notice that is if you wash all the potting yes, mix exactly. off the tree yeah, before it's very, you put it in the ground.
10: Very, yeah, very good tip. I'll yeah. remember that. Yeah. And, and the same goes for apples.
1: It's every shrub that you buy at a nursery. What happens is the nursery Ah. men will propagate it in a smaller pot. Mm. Yeah. And then when he moves it on to the next size, he just tickles the outside of the root ball. Mm. And that, that process just continues on. So mm. if you're buying a lemon in a in a reasonably sized pot, it's probably been moved four or five times. Mm. Oh, I
10: see. Yeah,
1: so it would be a real mess. Mm. Yes, I see.
10: Oh, that's yeah. excellent, Tip. Thank you very much for your lovely show. Okay. Thank bye. you,
2: bye. I love what you said before, Craig. It really really hit the nail on the head that people, people aren't afraid to prove to prune above the ground. But when it comes to the roots, people are a bit, ooh, can't touch that. But it's, no, absolutely, go for it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs>
0: Okay, let's go next to our good friend Sue in Mount Evelyn. Good morning, Sue. Good morning crew. Wonderful show as usual.
8: <laughs> Thank um, you. I'm just ringing up we're actually having our um, biannual sale is coming up on the 11th and the 18th of November. All oh, right, so this is a bushland. Um, Yes, yes, at
1: Bushland,
8: yeah. Bushland Florist
0: Nursery. Yeah.
8: Yep. yep. So we're at 110 Clegg Road in Mount Evelyn. Yep. And twice a year we have this sale to clear. Mind you, there's not a lot of leftovers issues to clear. We've had an um, excellent year, so we'll we'll be open from eight o'clock until around four o'clock on right. there. There are Saturday, Saturday the 11th and the 18th, in the 18th of November. Fantastic. Um, couple of other things I wanted to say. I've been listening to the show this morning. I actually got a really good book at a um, sale the other day on Nana's tips, and there's a garden section in there. And they've actually, when you use the um, eggshells for, you know, scattering around your pots for your snails, it actually says if you dry those eggshells in the oven on a low temperature, that makes them even, it says, the snail's version of razor wire. Yep.
1: Okay. Um, so which I guess them, it
8: toughens them up even more.
1: Dry them out, basically. Yeah. Dry
8: them out, yeah, yeah. and even coffee grinds. Yep. yep. Um, the other thing is the bees. Um, I had an amazing discovery last year because I have the native blue-banded bees in my garden. Lovely. Yeah, lovely. They're, they're gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah, but gorgeous I was thing. actually reading, and it's, it's very true, that they're attracted <coughs> to blue.
5: Yep. Now,
8: Mm. and in particular, um, if anybody knows salvias, marine blue, if you plant that in your garden, that's where the bees come from. And um, I had a girl here trying to take, we were trying to take photographs. and It's not easy because they're they're so fast. (laughs) Anyway, the bees went away and I said to her, I wonder if they're attracted to the foliage. So I rubbed the leaves of the... Plant and they came from everywhere. Really? So marine blue. Marine blue. There must be something. It's quite scented. Okay. Yeah. um, With that plant, but if if you're after the uh, blue banded bee, that's what they go for. Mm. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. I have the. I have them on my rosemary when it's in flower.
2: Yeah. 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 Okay. um, Is
0: it the blue?
1: Are they solitary bees? They are. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. the other thing with solitary bees is when you you're taking the fronds off your tree ferns, you always leave a stump because they like they're to like make to their nests. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a great My, tip. my tree
8: ferns yeah. are opposite that.
1: People like there to have their tree ferns all clean. Yes. Yeah. Come yep. to my place, they look like a hedgehog. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
8: So are you talking about on the main trunk, right? On the main trunk. When yes. you
1: when you remove the old old stems, you know, you leave fifteen twenty centimeters behind yes. for the bees to nest in. Yeah.
8: Okay. And you okay. can see them coming and going. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that's lovely. They they
2: are known as a solitary bee, um, and they do they do um you know, they do nest solitary as well, but they're they're solitary up to a point because I've got a friend who's got a garden in central Victoria and she finds them um roosting in groups. So
1: they're not entirely lonely on
2: on foliage of plants. Yeah. So are you saying
8: they'd make a nest like in my tree ferns?
1: In the in the hollow stems of the the hollow stems. Oh,
8: wow. Okay. Oh, that's interesting to know. And I've been thinking about you lot, Craig, at the moment. And it's so interesting, isn't it, when when you buy something from somewhere, you think about the person you bought it for. And I've got all the beautiful orange gems, the omphaloides, and a beautiful plant. Is it Libertia?
1: Yep, the, the like little, a, little blue flower. Yes. Yeah. It's I've one of the absolutely South Absolutely stunning.
4: Yeah.
8: Yeah, so I'll have to come and visit again, Good. spend some more money. <laughs> okay, then. Good on
1: you, sir. See ya. Bye. Because I'm always open to trade with my customers too. Right. Yeah. If they've got something you <laughs> Absolutely. want. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, If there's no money involved, that's fine. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. Mm. Excellent. Mm. Okay, we've had a query on the outside line. How do you get rid of Bindiite? I dig it out.
2: Manual yep. removal. Manual removal. Yep. If you want to stay organic, manual removal. Absolutely. It's really and it's do. not hard. It's no. in the lawn, is it? Yes. Yeah. I don't think it's a Danny Nongs issue.
0: No, no. I, I find it occasionally in the lawn. But if you if you just to keep an eye on, on where you're walking, if yep. you see any patches starting, you, you get it out before it really takes, takes hold. Yeah. There's and so I have like a problem.
2: nothing like weeding this time of year in the late afternoon with a beer in your hand, sitting yep. on the lawn. Yep. You know, it's good. It's a good little pastime. Yep. Good way to end a day. And
0: yeah. the soil's not rock hard yet, so no. it all comes out fairly easily. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's a great thing to do.
2: Yep. So get on your knees, basically.
0: Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> and get on top of it because it, it can wreck your lawn. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, Absolutely. It, it makes it unwalkable on. Mm. And it's a disaster if you've got a long-haired animal, pet, um, if you get all the... um oh, it's seed season. That's, the that's seed season, it's just soon. a disaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah so That's um, why I have a short-haired dog. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: we can just comb them. <laughs> um, and those selective herbicides for lawns are terrible things. Oh, don't yeah. use it again. Yeah. It's more chemicals. Yeah, that's mm. right. Mm. Yeah, it's a really particularly vicious one too.
0: We keep forgetting the plants, the whole point of plants is they want to grow. They yeah. want to thrive. Right. Yeah they don 't need all this help from human beings; mm. they will do it on their own i i just i 'm
2: slightly flummoxed by the preponderance of of you know artificial um, herbicides and chemicals and things in gardening situations because what did gardeners do a hundred years ago? You know, before yeah, all this people, stuff people was not, invented. You know, it was actually it's hard graft. That's there's no way around it. They really. reject anything with a blemish, though. Yeah, it's, yeah.
1: which is the, the supermarkets have trained us to believe.
2: Mm, mm. Yeah. I saw I saw yeah. at the local Woolies the other day. They had um, they had a bag of, of it was called misshapen potatoes, and Goodness I thought me, that's and, I, and, and I thought so so. You know, the potatoes that you're going to buy in Woolworths are actually selected for shape and they're actually going to reject others based oh, they on do. the fact they that they're a, they bit, they're a little bit skew if
0: And they didn't know how I to get it. I of... was
2: astounded by that. Yeah. I thought, whoa. So someone <laughs> has
0: come up with this brilliant marketing ploy that mm. you can buy um, misshapen, not only potatoes, carrots um, and, and other vegetables, and they're marketing it yeah, right. because of their shape and, and they're laughing all the way to the bank again. Mm. Yeah. It's just But at least
1: it's not being wasted. Well, it's probably wrapped in plastic though. It's plas-
0: wrapped yeah, plastic wrapped in plastic. Oh. And yeah. and there's not terribly much in comparison to to the piles of potatoes, for instance, Mm. in in the potato section, Mm. you Mm. might see a few little plastic bags. That are misshapen potatoes. That are misshapen, yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: guaranteed most of the misshapen ones have probably gone into landfill.
0: If you grow your own, honestly, Mm. you'll be so pleased that you've got any potatoes that you've just (laughs) harvested to eat.
2: You
5: won't care
0: what the shape is. (laughs) You'll think it's the most wonderful potato in the world. (laughs) Honestly... Mm. We just have to grow more of our own. While
2: while we were away overseas, so we were away for two months, and we we enlisted the help of a of a house sitter to look after our place and more so our dog while we were away. Yeah, because um, it was a bit of a it was a bit of an issue about what are we going to do with the dog? The fur so baby, we yeah the fur baby. So we got we got put on through a friend of a friend to a lady who who does house sitting, and she was fabulous. She was really really good. Yeah. And um, the night before we left. Um, I was out doing a bit of last-minute nighttime gardening to make sure I didn't come back and find the back garden full of weeds. She got back from a hot date and we were having a chat about about the about the veggie garden and you know saying to her that I've got I've got this coming on and that coming on, so make sure you pick this and this. And she was she was really really into it and she's like yeah yeah I will I will. We got home, it was clear she didn't touch anything in the garden at mm-hmm. all. She definitely watered it and kept it all alive when it needed a bit of yep. water. Yeah. Um, but it was clear that she didn't really eat anything out of the garden at all. And I think that's that's a, that's a big difference between kind of the, the vegetable gardener and non-vegetable gardener. Yes. Um, is, that, is that, you know, you've actually got to eat out of the garden and you've got to pick it all the time. I mean, it was great for us because we came home and the garden was full of food. Abundant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't really have to do any shopping at all when we, when we got back and ate really well. Um, but, but unless, unless, unless you're growing your own and you're picking all the time, I guess, I guess, you know, it can be a little bit intimidating or something like that, that you know, you've, you've walked into someone's vegetable garden. Maybe she almost felt like she's
0: taking your produce, you maybe, know, and she maybe. didn't specifically ask if she could help herself while you yeah. he were away or, yeah. yeah, but, but of course, um, I mean, the more you pick, the more mm. it brings on mm. the next crop anyway. Mm. So yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Mm. <laughs> All good for you! <laughs> That's right. Yeah,
2: we we ate really well out of it. Yeah, consequently got about five kilos of spinach in the freezer too. So woo, yay yeah, oh. for us!
0: Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> okay, um, there's just uh, one uh, one uh, a thing I should mention here, which um, I didn't get round to earlier. But um, in November, the Discovery Walk coming up at the Geelong Botanic Gardens. Uh, is going to be held on Sunday the 12th of November and um, that's entitled Heritage Trees and the Artist's View. Now, um, Geelong Botanic Gardens, of course, is well known for its magnificent heritage heritage trees, uh, many of which are classified by the National Trust and uh, their botanic artists have been inspired by these and many others and their work is collected in the book Trees, capturing the essence of Geelong Botanic Gardens artist views. So um, for this particular walk, you're going to follow the tree trail with your guide to find the original trees that were included in that book. Uh, now you meet the guide at the front gates at 2 pm. This is Sunday 12th of November, and uh, entry is simply by gold coin donation. So that's two o'clock, Sunday, 12th of November for um, looking at the heritage trees in Geelong Botanic Gardens. So uh, lots of good things coming up in November to I keep everyone Geelong busy. I love Geelong Botanic
2: Gardens. I yes. think they're one of the most beautiful regional botanic gardens in Victoria. Oh, they really. are. And this time of year as well, if people are going to head along to that um, in a couple of weeks' time, um, they've got they've got one of the most beautiful uses of... Indigenous grasses in the okay. entrance to the garden that I've yeah. seen—it's really, really well done, mm. and it's always really well maintained. Um, lots of species like stiper and Dicholachne, and
1: those Western um, Plains grasses—are they?
2: Yeah, they are, yeah. and they're yeah. just they're, this time of year, especially—they're just starting to kind of gear up and mm-hmm. hit their zenith. So it's yep. definitely yeah. one to get Brilliant. along and have a look at. Yeah. You know.
0: Craig, just before we finish, because uh, we're basically running out of time, we should uh, remind listeners if they haven't got any plans for today, yep. a great garden to go to see to is Orvieto.
1: Orvieto is really worth a look. Yeah,
0: yep. yeah. 37A Summit Road yeah. in Lilydale. Yeah. Um, So, definitely one to go and see. And
1: and when you're there, just look at the aspect of the place and the gradient Mm. and and imagine trying to establish a garden on Mm. that site. Wow. Yeah, which is pretty much gravel. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. And also remind listeners again where your nursery is and the hours of opening.
1: 138 Alinda Mombok Road in Alinda. And we're open 10 to 5, closed Tuesdays. And a phone number?
0: 9751
1: 2163.
0: Brilliant. We have run out of time for yet another week. We will be back next Sunday, 7.30 till 9.15. A big thank you to Liz, who's been handling all the calls, but also to Doug and Carol, who've been uh, participating with those calls as well. Again, a big thank you to the team. Great to see the two of you. Thank you. I won't see you till after Christmas now. Yeah, Yeah, the... Because I'm, as you know, heading off to Japan in another week and a half. That's so very exciting. Well, it's very life, exciting,
4: isn't it? All the volunteers this
0: year seem to be tripping off somewhere this year. <laughs> but anyway, it's all part of looking at gardens. But uh, we've run out of time, so do tune in, tune in next Sunday. Until then, bye for now.